Star Wars 7x7 episode 2056, Destiny is episode 12 from season 6 of The Clone Wars, the penultimate episode of The Clone Wars, at least as far as episodes that we have right now. <laughs> and this is a full spoiler Clone Wars briefing for you. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So here we are, just a couple more days until Season 7 of The Clone Wars debuts. I gotta tell you, as we've been going through these episodes together, I'm not wholly convinced that this particular set of episodes is going to bear on Season 7, knowing that we're going to get a Bad Batch series of episodes and we're going to get the Siege of Mandalore, but that means there is one other story arc as yet unaccounted for, and I don't think of all the storylines that we've heard about in the past with like Ahsoka's Untold Tales and other panels and story reels that have come out in the past, I don't know that we're going to necessarily dive deep into the Force in this final storyline that we don't know anything about yet in the Clone Wars, or rather I should say we don't know which one it's going to be at this point. So, you know, maybe, just maybe, this particular last one isn't relevant in that regard. And yet, this is some of the deepest stuff yet in Star Wars about the nature of the Force. So the deal with it is, is that Yoda, as we left him in the previous episode, is leaving Dagobah to go to a planet that could be one of the wellsprings of life in the galaxy. And somehow he arrives there. We're just basically suspending our disbelief that the Force guided him there. Somehow he got out into space above Dagobah and went ohm, and the path to this place was revealed to him. It's this golden nebula where sensors can't necessarily penetrate, but he knows that this is the right place and that there is a planet somewhere inside there, which there is, he can sense it with the Force, and R2-D2 gets shorted out during the journey, but ultimately reboots in time to land on this planet where there are these amazing geysers coming out of the surface of the planet. Yoda leaves R2 and his own lightsaber behind and then takes his ship and flies down through one of the geysers into what can only be described as a land that's very similar to, say, Pandora in the Avatar movies in the sense that there are a lot of these floating islands, but the color scheme is entirely different, but a similar kind of situation. And there, and there, he meets the five Force Priestesses. And they are confusion, anger, sadness, joy, and serenity. And they have an argument about whether Yoda should be taught, but the ultimate end of that conversation is that his destiny is set already and that he is going to teach someone who will ultimately save the universe from a great imbalance. This is what the Force Priestesses say. And so, therefore, he must be trained in the ways of bringing your consciousness forth after death and maintaining your identity. And that, one would presume, is Luke Skywalker. But the funny thing about it is, is that he does it not once but twice, right? You can make the case that Yoda trains Luke not just in the original trilogy to be able to write that imbalance, but that he also trains Luke 
for a crucial standoff with the First Order and his nephew Kylo Ren in The Last Jedi that certainly makes it so the remnants of the Resistance can escape and keep the spark of hope alive. Otherwise, if he hadn't shown up there, and thanks to Yoda's teaching, then the spark would have been put out. But back to the matter at hand, which is Yoda learning how to become a Force ghost after he dies. The Force Priestess Serenity tells him that in order to preserve his identity, he must know his true self and then let go of it. And she takes him to a place where all of that is unconquered, which she says, you know, some people in near existence call it evil, but otherwise it's known as fear. Like, there's a place in this land where... All of it is you know, maintained on one island, and Yoda has to go there and face his evil. Now, they say, face your evil, and I found that language to be interesting because it's like, it's not just face an evil or face the evil or face this evil, it's face your evil. Like, what is it about Yoda specifically that's evil? This is sort of the door that they want us to walk through. And when he gets onto this island, what he faces is a creature like Yoda, but it's his shadow self. It's a shadow of his soul. It's the dark side of his nature, which claims to be feeding upon the war that's happening and growing stronger as the Clone Wars go on longer and longer. Yoda initially starts to fight against this, but fighting against your shadow self doesn't help. And... Yoda initially says that he doesn't recognize who this shadow self is, but finally, after he gets beaten up and thrown around, he stops and says, recognize you, I do. And he says, yes, you are that part of me, but I reject you. And at that point, that dark energy loses its power, and Yoda officially passes the first test set for him by the Force Priestesses. Specifically, they say he conquered his hubris, he conquered his pride, the potential for excessive self-confidence. His next test is going to be to pass through something called the Valley of Extinction and do it without attachment and without emotion. And the five Force Priestesses tell him that he will be tempted by all of them, which he certainly is. As he goes into this Valley of Extinction, he encounters a vision of the Jedi Temple with all sorts of bodies laying dead there, including Mace Windu, and initially it looks like Ahsoka Tano is there, but no she's alive but dying and has some very heartbreaking words for Yoda as she is dying saying you know oh you said I you know could be a Jedi but then the council kicked me out why would you do that and will I you know die a Jedi and what's going to happen to me when I die and she dies and Yoda says oh no I failed them all and another character says hey you know come with me you can you know bypass all this stuff and so Yoda goes with him, and suddenly he is outside the Jedi Temple in his lovely meditative garden where all the Jedi are just hanging out, enjoying themselves, including Qui-Gon Jinn, and apparently nobody knows anything about the Clone Wars. It never happened in whatever reality Yoda finds himself in now. And not only that, but Count Dooku is hanging out with everyone and telling funny stories about, oh yeah, when... Joda, you know, when I was a, a, 
<laughs> Padawan for Yoda. Oh, we had such fun. There were great adventures, and he's in a really nice mood. And Yoda initially is like, you know, ready to fight him, but then realizes, no, something else is going on here. Everybody's happy and joyful. And they invite Yoda to come, you know, to come over as they're all gathering together, but he says, no this is wrong, this is all an illusion, and suddenly everything fades away except Count Dooku, and Yoda won't fight him knowing that Dooku is an illusion as well. And so when Count Dooku attacks and slashes his saber, that's when Yoda kind of blacks out or whites out and suddenly, um, you know, whites out because everything, like, clears reds out, I guess, maybe? <laughs> because there are places where, yeah, the screen just huge light and blinding and then suddenly Yoda is laying out amongst one of the other islands and they say you've done well the force priestesses do but in serenity in specific I don't know if he passed that one personally because it seemed like he did not get through there without emotion or attachment he was certainly emoting about all the dead bodies in the Jedi temple that he saw in that vision so yeah yeah give it a pass I guess but Ultimately, he says to Serenity, like, I must know who you are. Show me your face. Show me underneath the mask. And Serenity takes her mask off. And there's nothing there but more blinding light. And she says, okay, now you see that we are what you're hoping to be. We exist between realms, between the living force and the cosmic force. And this is ultimately, I guess, a reflection of what he could potentially become if he passes one more test, which is going to take place in the final episode. And that one test is to face the ultimate fear and to go to the Sith homeworld of Morband. And that is more or less where we leave things in this episode. Yoda taking off from this planet with R2-D2, heading to Moraband, saying that the worst I fear is yet to come to his good friend and saying, brave we must be. And that's almost everything that we're going to talk about here on the show, but there is one other, well, two, three, three other aspects <laughs> we'll talk about really briefly after the break, so stay tuned. Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the Asteroid Belt level at patreon.com slash SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com slash SW7X7 and look for the Asteroid Belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. So the three things that I wanted to talk to you about were the Living Force, the Cosmic Force, and midi-chlorians. Okay, so not little things exactly, but wanted to flag for you the conversation that the Force Priestess Serenity has with Yoda about the planet. And she says that it's the foundation for life in the galaxy, and it's also where all the midi-chlorians come from, and it's the foundation of the connection between the living force and the cosmic force. And she says one powers the other and one renews the other. And she talks about how when something dies that it passes from the living force into the cosmic force. And so I think that the way we're supposed to think about it is that the cosmic force powers the living force and then by turn the living force renews the cosmic force when you know things die and pass back in to the cosmic force so 
And as far as where midichlorians come from, or, you know, they're the birthplace of midichlorians is in this planet, according to the Force Priestess. But what that exactly means in terms of the Force, uh, I don't know if we've necessarily learned anything more necessarily than we learned from Qui-Gon Jinn back in, what, all the way back in the, in the Phantom Menace. That when Jedi, you know, among other folks, but when Jedi listen to the midichlorians, they are able to hear the will of the Force. And I guess that would mean the will of the cosmic Force in this particular case. But man, you know, I, it was a while ago, I'll say it was a couple of years ago, that I interviewed um, Daniel Jones, who wrote the book Become the Force, Nine Lessons on How to Live as a Jediist Master, and is the founder of the Church of Jediism. I have a feeling I'm going to end up back in this book again because it's been a while since I've read it and I wonder what there is to learn because man oh man we're really getting into some deep stuff with all of these force conversations and I'm very curious to see what happens on Moraband because I think we're going to learn about some dark side stuff but we'll have to wait until tomorrow for that conversation. For now that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the galaxy you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.